The Waddle and Sylvie podcast is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Sign up using promo code WMVP at sportsbook.draftkings.com. This is Waddle and Sylvie on the new home of the Chicago Bears. ESPN Chicago. WMVP WSHE HD2 Chicago. A good karma brand's radio station. Here's Goff. Three wide. Snap back. Again, the protection holds. He's going to rifle deep to the end zone. He's got an open man. Touchdown, Detroit. Williams with the touchdown. Jamison Williams wide open, sneaking away from coverage on the back end. And the Lions pulled within six with 2.59 left in the game. Back is Montgomery to the right of Goff. Takes, gives the Montgomery, plunges into the middle of the end zone. Standing up and a triumphant spike of the football surrounded by his Honolulu Blue teammates and the Lions have a one-point lead with 29 seconds to go. An 11-play, 73-yard drive covered in two minutes and four seconds. Rushers are split wide. Hutchinson rushing off Darnell Wright. He's coming quickly on. Fields, the ball comes out, bouncing around. It's kicked out of the back of the end zone by Wright. Safety. Hutchinson takes the ball and kicks it into the stands. Hutchinson was coming strong. Off the right tackle. 31-26 now, Detroit. Oh, boy. Bears lose yesterday. Uh, A game in which they controlled from the start. Uh, Even when they gave the lead away at halftime, they played great football in the third quarter. Aiden Hutchinson for the majority of the game as well, which is hard to do. Yes, they did. And uh, we've read this stat time and time again. I tweeted about it. It's gotten a lot of traction on Twitter. Doug Coletti, who does great work with Joniak and Thayer, who you just heard on uh, your home for the Bears, ESPN 1000. He said since 1932, that's when they started keeping track of these stats in the NFL, no NFL team with a plus three turnover margin and 40 minutes of time of possession had ever lost a game like that. Teams were 48-0 when they had that advantage until the Bears lost yesterday. So it's a historic loss. That on the heels of the Denver game earlier this year when the Bears blew a 21-point lead uh, to the Broncos just before the fourth quarter started. And in that game, that tied the largest blown lead in franchise history uh, back in 2002 and 1953. So they have not just lost games. They have not just blown leads. They have lost historic football games. They have blown historic leads. Stuff they have only done a few times in the history of their franchise. This time, something that was never done before in NFL history. So, look, this isn't a stuck-in-the-moment thing. That was a loss that stings above most. That was a bad one. It's unbelievable to think that it has been since the uh, 16th and 17th week of the 2021 season since this team has won consecutive games. I mean, it's just, it's, you, you can't even fathom it in a league that is just right. dripping with Parody. mediocrity. Parody all parody. over. Yeah. Right. Right. And we can't win two in a row. No, in this division isn't uh, like dominant. This there was a nine. What was it? A ninety-eight and a half percent uh, win percentage. Ninety-eight point six. Ninety-eight point six win percentage 
at the point, what was it, when they had a 12-point lead? When they were up by 12 with, with about four, four minutes. To go. Yep. So this is like the third game where they've had an over 95% chance of winning since last year's Detroit game that we talked about last week. When, when, this is when I, I told you that the tide turned. The Bears had a 14-point fourth-quarter lead against Detroit last year. They had like a 95.5 chance of winning that game last year against the Lions at home. And ever since that time... The Lions now are fifteen and four. They were fourteen and four till this game. The Bears now are three and sixteen since that moment in time. They have led in two out of the last three games against the Lions by two scores or more twice you in the fourth either, quarter. I mean, like I, twice, you, you can't write this stuff. You really no. can't. I mean, the, the what has transpired? You could never write this. And they lost this both times. Yeah. Uh, under the same coach, it's and that's un- why you unimaginable. Just, you just can't you can't keep them. And and the next time they have a lead like that, you're going to be looking over your shoulder. And it's not a learning moment. And they, these things are so, some things under the same regime that you're just never going to get over. And I think this has happened too much under this regime, where you're always gonna you're going to look over your shoulder, and you, you're just going to have to clean clean. The out. other issue was, or the other thing to keep an eye on, was the play of the quarterback, and Justin came back rested, played a very, very good game, a very clean game, and gave his football team a chance to win. And we wanted to know what Justin had for the final seven games to see whether or not he could influence the powers that be up at Hallis Hall and affect their decision. Uh, step one was a very, very positive step forward for him. If we're going like on the seven game schedule, Justin's one and zero on winning over Ryan Poles and now, what he has may, to do. Now, now, listen, there may not be anything he can do, but, but if but, there is something that he can do, that he took a huge step forward in at least one of these games. I think tomorrow, as we back off more about the nuts and bolts of this loss, we'll, we could talk more about Justin and. The Rappaport report and stuff like that. But Justin played great. I, I don't blame Justin. Like, that Tyler Scott ball has to be caught. Yeah. I don't blame the coaches. I don't blame his read. He threw a great ball. That's got to be caught. Game's got to be over there. Uh, I don't blame Justin on that, uh, the fumble at the end. Like, that's, you're, you're scrambling. You're trying to put something together. Like, that's not one of those where I say, oh, he fumbled again with the game on the line. That wasn't to me where you really, you're just scrambling and you're, you're hoping. doesn't affect how I feel about how he played. I thought he played very, very well, and I thought he played clean, and that's what we asked for. Yes. Play cleaner. Yes. And he had, at the half, he had zero sacks taken and zero turnovers, and for the game, he was sacked twice, and he did not turn the ball over once, and I thought, got the ball out quick, moved in the pocket to find throwing lanes, obviously ran the ball well. I thought it was one of his cleaner better games that I've seen him play in three years. We've talked about uh, Martellus Bennett's tweets about where he says Bears ownership has gotten it wrong because they embrace uh, the past too often. Uh, I say uh, the Bear, that's half right. I think Bears ownership has failed the Bears, but it's more because of ineptitude rather than you know embracing the past. Um, and anything you want to talk about with this game, 312-332-3776. Let's get to Aki's A-list. It's time for Aki's A-List. From the mind of the man who understands the four P's of Waddle's world. Aki's A-List. 
The top questions and topics floating around in Tyler Aki's mind. Are these really the questions that I was called here to answer? Aki's A-List on ESPN Chicago. All right, Tyler, what do you got about this game? All right, so we'll start with the coach, Matt Eberflus, who was on with us earlier today. If you missed that, check out the podcast. But this was yet another historic loss like you've lined out here, Sylvie. I ask you, has Matt Eberflus sealed his fate after what happened yesterday? I think so. I, 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 you like, sleep well tonight? I never sleep well. I told you that. I never. Football from a football perspective. You're going to get some good football sleep tonight with that. But I still know, even even just because of that, there's, there's too many things on my mind football-wise. What about my children? Will they, like as, as Abdallah po- properly pointed out, it's not about me. I've seen my good stuff in my life. What about Have my you? children? Will this world be a good place for my children to grow up as a Bears fan? Probably not. So that's why I'll lose sleep. But I, I think... I. Well, unless the Bears are going to completely botch this, unlike they've ever botched something before, and I'm speaking about having Bruce Arians in the building and picking Trustman. I'm talking about Dave McGinnis and screwing that up. I almost said effing that up. Um, this would be worse than all of them. Where were you at at like, the end of last week? Because you said you were concerned. Yeah, I think, so where, it, what percentage did you think that... I think this is the line. I think okay. this is the line that did it. I think if they win the game, there is more positive momentum growing for Eberflus to come back. And I think this is the game where you just say, there are just some guys who just can't get it done. You know, and you have to make decisions about personnel all the time, about a player. Can he get it done? Can he not get it done? And there are certain players who just can't get it done in the clutch. Eberflus as a coach, just hasn't been able to get it done. In the division, back-to-back games with big leads, nothing. He has not been able to Six get it and done. 22 without a division win. Two of his coaches had to be relieved of their duties for non-football reasons. What do you think? I think if, in fact, there isn't... If, if, if this maintains the, this where we are today and a change isn't made, you've got some serious issues. Way bigger than anything. Way bigger than anything that you and I could ever grit our teeth and work through. <sighs> Help us then. I don't know how I'd get through that. I really you're you're gonna like honestly, I don't know what you're gonna have you're gonna have to drug you? I don't know what you're Hit gonna you have with to a do. Tranquilizer you're gonna have to do dart? something. If they There's nothing sta- I can do. If they stand up, no, I don't mean to them, to me, to help me. If they stand up at the end of the year and, and at that podium they say, look, we believe in what we believe. What if they're 9-8? and eight? Well, Okay, they're not going to be. <laughs> and even if they are, I told you last week, I still don't believe in him. If they stand up and they say, everyone's coming back, you're going to have to really console me. Like, this will be the greatest sports bad thing that have happened in all the years that we've been together. <laughs> Worse than Parky. Listen, if they get to 9-8, and eight, they could be in the postseason. If they bring him back, it will be worse than, than Cody Parkey. I'm just telling you, if they win out, as one of the callers suggested, and it's you, it, you can't rule it out until it's no longer a possibility. All right, you're playing a game now. You're, you're, doing just Je- you're, you're being like Jeff and Morris. You don't believe what you're saying now. Jeff and Morris believed what he was saying. 
I know. You're playing sports radio games. Yeah, look, I mean, I try to use common sense as my beacon, and I know it's not always applicable to the Bears and how they do stuff. But I've been telling you this for several weeks. As things sit now, based on all that has transpired that we've said over and over again, if, in fact, there isn't significant change, you have a problem that will that is uncurable. What do you what what do you, what else do you got here? So according to Next Gen Stats, uh, yesterday the Bears made the wrong decision to kick on three of their four field goals, and it cost them ten points of win expectancy yesterday. So if you look through some of the things that they did on the four field goal drives and basically the down and distance, a lot of it would have lent you to actually go for it as opposed to kick the field goal. I ask you, this game was won and lost on fourth down decision making. No, was not won or lost on fourth down decision making. There were so many other things that I think I think their biggest thing that lost them the game was the conservative defenses. And you pointed out, I love that you pointed out, it didn't just happen at the end of the game. It happened at the end of the half. Yeah. You play defense great in regulation, except in the final two minutes of each half. Yes. That extended to the final four minutes in the second half. But yes, but when you go into two-minute defense, then they struggled mightily, and it's it's inexcusable. Um, They lose that game for a number of reasons, including guys are making plays when they need to make plays. You can look at the coaching decisions, absolutely, and that plays a role. But, I mean, Jalen Johnson, make a play. Don't don't lose yeah. don't lose the the structure of your defense on the touchdown catch late in the game. Eddie Jackson, be where you're supposed to be. Um, Jalen Johnson, don't drop the interception. Uh, make a tackle. I mean, there's a number of things that had to go wrong for them to lose that game. Like I could understand. I I, I like what Waddle said earlier. If you err err on the side of being aggressive, but. When you're up nine, I could understand let's take points and let's not let a touchdown and a field goal beat us. Let's make sure they score two touchdowns and let's go from nine to 12. So I could understand that. I could, I could see it. Um, but, but the other stuff are, are the bigger killers. Tyler Scott run under the ball. Yeah. I mean, you can't play wide receiver at a high level without understanding the concept of running through a pass. Like you have to run through everything. You have to run through the football. Let me ask you guys this question. When we and Matt Eberflus on, and as the boys pointed out, you can grab that on the ESPN Chicago app. He was asked by us, he was asked in the press conference, after watching film, in hindsight, would he do anything differently coaching? And instead of having a human moment and saying, well, you know what, I would probably do this different. Um, He just said, look, it's a matter of execution. It's a matter of coaching. And going very bland. Does he have anything to gain if he would come right out and say, you know what, guys, if I had to do it over, I wish I was more aggressive and not kick field goals. I would, think, would you respect me, him more? For or, me, it would make him more human to right. me. Would, or, or I wish I went for two yeah. in the third it quarter. It would definitely make me, you know, make me feel that he's... It would, I, I think it would embolden the connection between him and the fan base uh, a little bit more. I, I wish we stuck with our regular defense instead of our... Prevent defense. Look, or so, well, you can't play a three-hour game as a player or as a coach without having some regret on some level about one play That's or what two I mean. plays. Like Jalen Johnson regrets he didn't catch yes. the ball. Jalen Johnson regrets the penalty. Jalen Johnson regrets plays. Eddie Jackson regrets plays. Isn't there something where 
when, when they face the music, these players that Eberflus can say, you know what, I, I really Maybe I wish... Maybe should have been more we, aggressive in the final four minutes uh, right. of the game defensively with our calls. We talked about it this morning as a staff. We wish, you know, back in hindsight, we learned and we're going to grow from this because we thought we did this wrong and we should do this better next time. Or does, does he look worse to... He, you know what? You know, here's the thing, Sylvie. I, what I don't like when I hear him react to your questions, his answers, he doesn't articulate himself in a way that gives me confidence either way. Right. And not just with you guys, but yesterday in the postgame press conference, he was asked specifically about not kicking the field goal when he was up nine points to make it 12. And he confused the situation. He talked. I he, got confused listening to him. Well, and but this is this is problematic for me because, like, listen, I get it. Like, there's a lot going on in a football game, but this is not the first time where he's confused the situation in the game right after the game. And then I think back to times like when LeBron James is asked specifically about a play, and then people fawn over the the photographic nature of his memory when he walks you through a play. We're just talking about simple fourth and five versus fourth and one going up nine versus going up 12. And the fact that he's making these decisions, it doesn't seem like there's any consistency in regard to why he makes the decisions. Sure. And then in the postgame press conference, he can't articulate why he chose to do what he did. You know, well, remember, I, I thought it was a warning sign very, I think, in game one against Green Bay. Why wasn't DJ Moore on the field when you had gold to go? And he said, yeah. what? I don't know. And I'm like, ooh, the head coach doesn't know why his best player wasn't on the field. That's a little worrisome. Well, and then remember the Chase Claypool fiasco? Yeah, He sure. was told to stay home, and then Matt Eberflus said that he chose to stay home. There's, a, there's, no, you, there's nothing tangible for reasons why he should stay. Look, there's no true benefit to winning a press conference. Okay, like you, you want to win games, not press conferences. But when you're losing and you're losing press conferences, trust me, that stings even a little bit more. When there is a lack of understanding as to what the message is coming from your head coach or whatever it is, whoever it is meeting the media. If you're Kevin Warren sitting in his office, first of all, I'm pissed that I lost that game. Second of all, I'm not happy hearing what the presentation is because I'm in charge of everything. I'm in charge of the stadium. I'm in charge of all football operations. I'm in charge of the message that's being sent out to our fan base. Selling sponsorships. All all that. Selling sweet tickets. This is all under his direction. So if you're in charge of all of this and you're winning games, but you're not winning press conferences, you don't give a rat's ass. But if you're in charge of all of this and you're losing games, some of them in historic fashion, and you don't like the message that's coming after the games, that will sting your backside even more. You yes. understand what I'm sure, saying? Like, sure, sure. And I also think there's one, it's one thing to lose a press conference. Big deal. It's another thing when it is an open window to maybe how things are inside that building. When, you, when it shows you that the coach may not have a firm grasp on everything inside the building – and it's showing you a little bit more than just how he is in a press conference, that's worrisome. It's just so, like, finally you saw some really good stuff. The quarterback comes back. He definitely gives you a better chance to win than your backup. He came out, he played well. He looked fresh. He looked athletic. He looked, he looked good. 
after the time away. And we were concerned whether or not he was going to be able to grip the ball. Whatever the case may be, he played really well. Your offensive line's now as healthy as they've been, and your whole complement is out there right now. You're top five. You took the ball away four times. Tyreek Stevenson had his first interception as a bear, and he also cost a, a, a turnover yeah, he was great. on kick return or on kick coverage. Your two linebackers that you spent money on in this offseason, both of them came away with an interception. You did so many good things, and they're all canceled by, by, the, how loss. The, game, by the loss and how the game ends up. And so some joke. people would say, look, it's not all canceled. You're still getting development for some guys that will be here long after this group won't be here. But at the end of the day, all of that stuff, that good stuff, is just lost in the shuffle. The only thing that you mentioned about not being lost, that's the reason why I'm not firing him today. Is because guys are developing. That, like, if you just show him the door today, you're not gaining anything. You're not, you, you maybe, you think you're making yourself happy. Yeah, you just get a pound of you're, flesh. You're, you're not, like, guys are still developing. But he can't stay past this year. He can't. He can't. There's nothing else good if you can't finish and win these games when you're up by historical numbers. You can't. What? The no, smell just, of weed? <laughs> no, the smell of weed made me smile as well. But no, I'm just saying, like, you're talking yourself into, yes, definitely there's going to be a change. Whereas last week you were talking yourself into, I know he's going to be But you back. just can't. This is just. Of this course is, not. Of course. But, but again, nothing is of course with this team. Listen, I'm telling you, the narrative would have been so much different had they hung on. Thinking so many different ways. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. I'm scarred. What do you want me to do? I listen, I get it. We'll we'll take your phone calls. Good stuff, Tyler. That's the Aki's A list. Uh, we'll get to all. Let's uh, let's go through a bunch of these calls coming up, and then we're going to talk to Black and Abdallah. They're live at a place that we've been to before. We love it. Anastasia's in Antioch. Lance Briggs is going to be with the guys. Back in his old neck of the woods, go see Lance, one of the all-time Bear greats, and Black and Abdallah, Anastasia's in Antioch. We'll cross-talk with the boys coming up at 545, and we'll talk to you next. Ah, commuting in Chicago. Ah. If you're stuck, stick with Waddle and Sylvie. Weekdays 2 to 6. Snap back to Fields, stepping up, going to launch, down the right seam, to the end zone, to Moore for the touchdown! Touchdown Bears! You will not find a prettier throw and a catch where he had a run to the ball in the paint. Put it on the board, baby. Bears in front, 19-14. Third and 14, corners tied across the board, safety's back, snap to Fields, protection holds, looking to throw Rolling left instead to the 45 to midfield and a first down into Lion territory. 40, 35 and a feet first slide near the 32-yard line. Yeah, there was some good from Justin Fields. He played a great game yesterday, but the Bears could not finish it off because the vibe would have been much different. But uh, step one for Justin Fields in his comeback game, I did not think he'd be this good, and he was. Very clean. Yes. Very good performance. 312-332-3776. I want to get through a bunch of these calls. Uh, you guys have been patient. We appreciate that. James, our buddy in New Lenox, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, James? Hey, guys. Um, I tried to call in earlier on Cap because he had a take on the going from 9 to 12. 
that I didn't agree with. And then I was only able to listen to a little bit of Carmen Yurko, and I caught you guys about an hour and a half in. Who was the other person that agreed with Cat? that they should have went for it on fourth and five to I, try to get a touchdown. Oh, not fourth and five. I would have gone for it on fourth and one. For sure. And his thing was, you know, nine's no different than 12 because you need two scores. But I don't understand how he doesn't realize, like, 10 is the number you want to be at. Right, right. Because Touchdown and field it, goal. Yeah, then you don't lose by one. Like, it was a horrible take. I, I couldn't understand what the heck he was yeah, talking about. Yeah, that's a bad math take right there. Like, and I yeah, get and it. I know that I'm... I'm not using the numbers correctly, but I'm I at this point, James, I want them to be aggressive. You were dominating the the, the momentum of that game. You're on their like twenty four, twenty five yard line, I think at the time it was fourth and one. Just go. Go for it. Keep driving. Yeah, the one thing I said to Coach Eberflus when we had him on is um what about going for two in the third quarter when it was nineteen fourteen to go up uh, twenty-one, fourteen to go for a full seven. I'm cool with that too. And he said it was too early in the game, so it wasn't much of a math thing. It was just that it wasn't un- under consideration at that point. Like that is what I've always was taught back in the day. I thought in these these current way of scoring, they do go for two more often. Yeah, I, look, this is where I marry uh, analytics with other football stuff. It's the same way. Like I always say to you about baseball and others, it's a tool. I like anal- analytics. I use them as a tool, but it's not the only tool in my toolbox. And with a 3-7 and seven team, that the game unfolded in the manner in which it did, I felt comfortable being more aggressive versus less aggressive. If this team had been playing differently, and this was nip and tuck, and they were not dominating the line of scrimmage, or they weren't dominating the time of possession, maybe I feel differently. But in this circumstance, I thought it was okay to be aggressive and hit the gas. Yeah, because that, I think, is the bigger magic number from 5 to 7. Yeah. Uh, Sharon, downtown, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Sharon? Hi, first-time caller, first-time listener. Thank you. Now, this is your first time? Yes, it is. My husband and my son listen, listen to you, and I just started listening, and I'm like, hey, I'm going to call in, and I waited Perfect. to talk to you. Yeah, yeah, we appreciate your patience. Yes, I just saw you, how Sharon. long you waited too. That's great. Yes. Thank you. Not great so for this her. is my this is my perspective. I know you guys have been, you know, analytical about the whole game. I'm just saying I wonder if like I was saying earlier, we're the only losers, the fans. Everyone's getting paid. The the players are getting millions, the coaches are getting millions, the vendors, the bookies, everyone is making money. And who's the loser are the um, are the fans. And, like, here I'm from Chicago, Midway area um, location. We drove to Detroit. We had awesome um, seats, fifth row. And, I mean, I was so proud to be there as a bear, you know, with all the Lions fans. And we were doing so good. And then they totally tanked. And I'm just like, we spent so much money, gas, food, hotel, everything, and besides the tickets. And boom, you know, it's like, and then it's just gone. And then I just wondered, you know, when they're all together with the coaches and all the players, do they ever think about how we feel? You know what I'm saying? Like, like I said, win or lose, they're getting paid. We're not. We are the losers. And for me, that's sad. And like, I think you were talking about 
nostalgia, right? Like, do people really do this? You know, do, you know, do, um, even though despite they're doing, they have a poor record. Um, do they do it out of nostalgia? Well, you know, that's my team, my city. You know what I'm saying? So win or lose, just like the Sox, just like the Bulls, just like the Cubbies, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna root for them. But like I said, at one point, do they ever think about us? You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, why, are, why do Here's we even have Here's what you should team? do, Sharon. Here's what you should yeah. do. You should itemize all your expenses from Detroit, your gas bill. What is, what's the government rate right now on miles per? per? I have no well, idea. What do you got? Is it 40 cents know. a mile right now? I don't know. What, expense it out. Send it all. Your food bill, your ticket prices. Send it to Hallis Hall. You see if you get a response and see if they pay you back. That's a good one. That's a good idea. Thank you. <laughs> You're going to waste uh, postage on that. Yes, it's I not know. Yes, happen. I know. It's not going to happen. <laughs> Look, I mean, like, like, you do have a choice. I mean, like, nobody is telling you you have to go to Detroit. We're just just telling you you have to listen to us consistently like your son and your husband. That's what you have to do. Yes, you are absolutely correct. But it's kind of like, I want to do something different. I've been, you know, here, you know, Soldier Field. Like, let's do something different. Let's go. I don't know if you've ever been there. It's a nice, um, it's, it's a nice stadium. Um, so it's like, you know, I want to do something different. It's like you do it because you love them regardless. Did you get taunted but, after the game by those Detroit fans? Let me tell you something. They are way nicer than yeah. us Chicagoans. Wow, because, really? Know, I heard the Detroit totally crowd is very friendly. Not my experience. Yeah, I mean, like here, you know, people are drinking, you know, then people can't start, start, start getting mad, right? They're tailgating, they're drunk. But here, I mean, we even had a guy come up to us and say, you know what? I appreciate you being respectful. Um, you guys did a good, you know, you guys tried your hardest. I mean, really, out of the clear blue. You know what? Even the sheriff, they were, you know, they were um, directing traffic. Everyone was nice. Honest to God. From the vendors, super nice. So what happens, Sharon, when you're winning games and you're 8-2, and two, everyone's nice. <laughs> But I guess, I don't know, we're just, we Chicagoans, we're, we're a little harder, I think. I get it, but, you know, I, what can I say? But it was refreshing to see nobody, like, tried dogging us. You know what I'm saying? All you right. know, we've got, well, Sharon, got our, our jerseys. Sharon, yeah. I'm glad that you guys enjoyed yourself. Like, even if the outcome of the game wasn't what you were expecting, it sounds like you yeah, all had a good experience. time. Yeah. We did. We loved it. All right, Sharon, thanks for thanks, calling Sharon. and listening. Okay. Bye. Appreciate it. Bye. They're Sharon. Sharon. Appreciate it. <laughs> Send the bill up to Matt Everflis. Yeah, you ain't Coach, getting that bad. you know what? You ain't getting that bad. I, I really had a good time up at Detroit. I felt like you guys should have closed the deal. Now do you mind reimbursing me? Yeah. See what see what happens. Probably with our golf shoes. <laughs> you ain't it, getting those. It, is, it, is it Emily? Uh, how do you say that name, Waddle? Um, uh, uh, Emil. Emil? I don't know. Yes. What is it? Hi guys. Is it How do you Emil? pronounce it? Can you guys hear me? Yes. Yeah. How is do you it? pronounce your name? Uh, it's Emil. A M I L. Okay. Emil. Calling on the north side. All right. You uh, called him Emily. I didn't know. <laughs> How is that Emily I've been, I've been under any circumstance? How is that Emily? Because it could uh, Emily with an A. I thought maybe. Emily? Nice. Yeah, Emily. I thought like Emily. <laughs> uh, I've been called worse, Sylvie. No worries. Okay. Uh, Hey, Deb, uh, just Debbie, to, what's what, up, uh, Debbie? It's not like calling him Debbie. <laughs> I think you Stop did. That. You called him Emily. <laughs> Emily. Hey, I, I wanted to weigh in here, guys. First of all, does the eye test even matter anymore? Like, I think we need to, first of all, with a confident and stout O-line, 
and a playbook designed for fields. I think he's a 300 yards a game with a 100 yards rushing guy. He has the highest ceiling of any quarterback in the NFL if placed in the right situation. And I I feel like yesterday was the cherry on top to see that it was the play calling. We were sold that Eberflus was supposed to be a defensive guru when he was hired. We were sold that Getsy was the quarterback whisperer, yet he can't design a playbook specifically for fields. He started the first 15 plays of yesterday's games with a couple design runs that were running for 10 yards a pop. Why not do a couple design runs on a second from last drive instead of running into a straight brick wall of a defense that's all packed in, knowing that they're going to run it, and then I do like the uh, the aggressiveness of Fields of taking a shot with Moore, and I have no idea why he held up because that would have been the ball game there. But you have to do a couple design quarterback runs there with like a mini convoy and see if you can get that first down and keep milking the clock. Like Fields, we need to draft Marvin Harrison Jr. and see if we can get a game-wrecking DN or, or a big-time tackle to help Fields stay upright. We have something here with Fields. It doesn't make sense to draft another quarterback and start from scratch. Fields, I think, is the most talented quarterback the Bears have ever had in their uniform. Emily, like, thank you. No, I, thank uh, you. Emil, thank Emil. you. Emil. Oh, <laughs> Emil. Good stuff, Emil. Thank you. And like, we, we, Did he we, just it, say he thought that Justin could average 300 yards yeah. passing and 100 yards rushing yes. in every game? Well, we got to see the math is, on that. We got to see. What would that mean? Let's see what he does in this Vikings. The cool 5,100 <laughs> passing yards and 1,700 <laughs> rushing. That'd be pretty good. Now, if he if he does that, I will say he is our quarterback of the future. Will you? Yes, yes. I want to see him against this Vikings team. That was the team he got hurt against and wasn't having a good game against, string them together against that Brian Flores defense. Go and go now two for two in games coming back. This would be a different challenge. Like, I can guarantee you, job one for the the Minnesota Vikings defense is to not let him get to the edge of the defense consistently, which is what he was able to do successfully against the Lions. And it looked like they were attacking 55, whoever was on the opposite side of it in Hutchinson. I just think that, that Brian Flores will play this the, you know, his defense differently. And if they force Justin to keep the ball, they'll, they'll force him to go through where all the traffic is. If he gets the edge, he's so fast, like he's going to get the best of you. So if you're Brian Flores, you've got to force him, if he's going to keep the ball, to go through all of the, the nonsense that exists between the tackles. Let's go to Ruth in Memphis. Ruth, you're on ESPN 1000. Right? Now you're just being funny. It's, it's Ron. Ron's right now going to whip your ass, I hope. What's up, Ron? Hey, how you guys doing today? We're uh, good. Look, I was uh, listening to the game. First, I'm in Memphis, Tennessee. Been here for about 20 years. I'm from Chicago, born and bred. Following my business for a lifetime. Just like you guys waiting on another Super Bowl. But what I'm hearing lately is we're setting records for new lows. Like a 12-point lead, four minutes and some change left, and lose the game by five with a four turnover differential. 
That's a new NFL low. Mm-hmm. And this is the first one I've heard for the Bears. We're setting new NFL lows. So what I'd like to hear from you guys is how many NFL records have the Bears set <laughs> under our new tenure for NFL lows? At least not one. Reaching any highs. Yeah, we've got one. <laughs> one in the books, right? Well, I mean, and like, like Carmen said, this 0-12 stretch against – Division, the division opponents has equaled, I think, the franchise record, nine of which have yes, been one. with Eberflus. So, okay. and then that the blown game against Denver uh, equaled that's the biggest another. blown lead uh, in Bears oh. franchise history. So that's that's a, another like <laughs> we're stacking. Fra- yes, yeah, sta- we're, we're, sta- stacking, we're stacking, stacking franchise worse. Yeah, and I'm sure right. we could I'm dig in and find more. Not just franchise worth. We're setting new NFL records for worse. Like in the hundred years of the NFL, no team has accomplished the lows we're accomplishing. <laughs> well, right, and we know that we we're the only team without a forty uh, or thirty touchdown, four thousand yard passer. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, we're known for the wrong wow. things. We're the new Detroit, really. We are like Detroit is no longer Detroit. We're the new Detroit. Okay, okay. See, I can't swallow that pill. Yeah, I can't either. <laughs> I mean, I can't either that, it sucks. I mean, it hurts, but we are. I mean, it's it, we're the new Lions. We're, we really are. Wow. We're, 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 we're 6-22 and 22 in the last 28 games. The Lions are no longer See, the Lions. The no. Bears are the Lions. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So, okay, we're, that's my question, though. How in NFL, I mean, Frank, that's one thing, but we're setting NFL I, I think we're on right NFL now. I think records we're how we set it. I think we're stuck on one at the moment. I think we set it yesterday. One. It was an NFL yeah. record. Ron, thank you. We yeah. appreciate it. Well, no, that wasn't the first one I heard uh, through listening through the season. But thank uh, you we got to dig that up. Yeah, we'll guys, we'll... Thanks, Ron. I appreciate Ron. you guys so for your fanhood, man. You guys, thank, thank you, Ron. We appreciate you. Thanks, guys. We appreciate you. I don't thank think you. there's been another NFL record sent by this group, has there? I'm trying to think. I mean, it's it, it, we've been through a hell of a lot. I'm not sure that we've. There's another NFL franchise that had to let two of their assistant coaches go for non-football. That, that's issues. probably yeah. I mean, I think the Chase Claypool deal is is a fran- like a, a league worst for giving up a second records, round pick and lack of production. By the way, Billy Donovan has addressed the quote incident with Zach Levine. I'll tell you what he said with Black and Abdallah coming up. He met the media just now. It, look, this is a sports paradise right now. I don't know if you're aware of this. We are living in a sports paradise. Did they figure out what happened in left field on the south side? No, it was not that. Nope. But there's a palm tree grown out there because it's a sports paradise. It's Waddle and Sylvie. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Instagram at ESPN underscore Chicago. This is Waddle and Sylvie. Listen now in HD on our app and on ESPN 1000. Let's bring in Black and Abdallah from Anastasia's in Antioch. And it's all brought to you by Steinhoffels. Lance Briggs is going to join them tonight. What's up, boys? What's up? Sylvie, we have a packed house. We have people who want to talk Bears football. Standing room only. I love Unfortunately, it. yesterday's game was absolute garbage. Yes, it was. Hey, uh, can I play? Uh, I, we have not heard this either, but I teased this. Billy Donovan just spoke. And Abdal, I know you were just uh, tweeting about this. He addressed the Zach Levine stuff. The push? Yeah. The push heard Yeah, the PR push. Not the tush push, (laughs) the PR push. And this was, for those who missed it, it was after the Bulls win. They rallied back. 
to beat the Heat. And uh, not only did Zach not want to celebrate with the rest of his teammates, he was supposed to do an interview after the game. And instead, he just ignored the PR person, and he sort of, like, like swatted her away. It was like a, like a push away. Gustavo tweeted it out. I saw you retweeted uh, Abdallah. A lot of people reacting to it. Uh, so here's uh, Billy Donovan before tonight's game. They're playing the Heat again. Uh, talking about what they've uh, discussed with Zach on the hair. Let me play it on my end, guys. Here so I see a guy on the floor that's trying to win. I mean, he he made a comment to me, and I, I, again, this is totally separate from what happened after the game. But like, right. when I'm talking to him during the game, and I'm talking to him, this he you know he's like, listen, if you need to play the old 24 minutes in the second half, we got to find a way to get this W. But look, that's the kind of dialogue he's giving me. So that was during the Miami game. He said that was during the, the Orlando game, okay. the second time we played Orlando. That's what I got. You know, um, some of like the reports and that stuff. Like I think I mentioned to you guys, I really don't talk to him about that. I talk to him more about our jobs and what we have to do, how he can help the team and how he can help the group different things. And he's, like I've said, he's always been receptive and open-minded to that when I've been around him within those situations. Now, going off the floor, I did not see that. I certainly was made aware of what happened, but when he was in the locker room, I did not sense that, you know, and it wasn't like I was looking for it because I didn't even know what happened until after. So, you know, I, but I wouldn't say that there was anything out of character for him. So he didn't really say much there. I think they were asking him, too, about some of the reports regarding his relationship with Zach. Because I think there's been a lot of reports in the media that Zach has has wanted to play for another coach ever since he was benched in last year's Orlando game. Well, here's what I don't understand, right? Like, after you play a team, everybody's, you know, hugging and hand-pounding and all that kind of stuff. Like, he just, like, they won. There was clearly like an on-court celebration. They, DeRozan was doing the interview. Other teammates came over and like poured the water on him and everything. And Zach, they won the game. This wasn't like a they lost and everybody stormed off. Like they won, and Zach just didn't want to be a part of it and was pouting and then pushed a Bulls PR member. Shut up, Beth. Like what? What's he doing here? Well, Sylvia, I, I think Joe Cowley put it put it best in the Sun Times that Zach doesn't do villain well. You know, like if, if this is his turn and, and the rest of his time here in Chicago is he's going to be a poor teammate, he's going to sulk, he's going to pout, he's going to leave the court early, he doesn't want to do the TV interviews, it's not a good look. Like he, he's a likable guy, it's just he's not a winning player. You've, you've pointed out multiple times, Sylvie, winning percentage for Zach Levine, he just doesn't get it done when it's necessary in big spots. That's who he is as a player, but he doesn't do this villain thing well. And uh, I don't know. I think it was a really tough look from uh, Saturday night after a good win. Caruso with a big bucket late. DeRozan gets the game winner. Mm -hmm. DeRozan steps in when Zach doesn't want to do the TV interview at the end of the game. All right, great. DeRozan's there to be a good team. DeRozan also steps in when he doesn't want to take the last shot, so it's fitting. Heat minus one and a half tonight. Who do you have, Adam? Oh, come on. Heat. Well, hold on. We wasted all our time with this crosstalk talking about Zach Levine. Sylvie, how about Sylvie going after Eberflus yeah. earlier today? That was all. That was yeah. awesome. Questions that needed to be asked. There was no going after. Well, no, yes, there was yeah. a, well, I no, mean, listen, I mean, like, listen, it was good radio. Sylvie, I, I've known, I, I Sylvie, enjoyed I've listening. Known, I've known you for a long time, and so is Waddle and Meller. There's a little old Sylvie in that, in that line of questioning. There's a little bit of the old Sylvie in there. Sure, a little bit of the red you ass. suck at your job? A little bit of the red ass, Sylvie. No, he didn't say that. He just 
pointed out things that are true, like yeah. like blowing big leads, uh, questioning the use of timeouts, questioning Montez Sweat being on the sidelines, not getting in there. There's a lot to question from yesterday's game. You guys did a great job interviewing Coach uh, Eberflus. Thank you. You know what I don't understand, and I said it. I voiced my frustration. If you were watching on Twitch, you could see it. When, 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 when I asked, hey, what bothered you most when you woke, woke up in the morning, he rattled off all the good things from the game. Like, uh, are you yeah, not listening? Not Can you not have just a normal conversation? Are you only program like a robot? Well, and Sylvie, check out Jason Leisure's column up on the Sun-Times right now. It essentially is, is painting that same exact picture. Yeah. Like, J- Jason did a really good job today in the Sun-Times as well. Uh, essentially pointing out the same things. Like, acknowledge the fact that your team just blew a big game where that could have re- really changed the perception of how we feel about him as a head coach going forward. Right. Right. Uh, All right, boys. I can't Montana. wait to listen. All right. We have a lot of Bears conversation, guys. Go see uh, Black and Abdallah with Lance Briggs, Anastasia's, and Antioch if you're in the northern burbs. Go see them right now. You're going to have a blast with the boys. Thank you to Matt Eberflus. Oh, yeah. Uh, home of the Chicago Bears. Yeah. Um, on ESPN 1000. Um, and thank Next you. week it will be uh, probably Tuesday at 210. You are correct, sir. Yeah, so don't miss that. Uh, coming up uh, next, Black and Abdallah, and thank you to Tyler and Meller today. For Waddle, I'm Sylvie. It's ESPN 1000. Have yourself a great Monday night.